0: This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale.
1: In summertime, in Bacon Night, a movie may escape your sight. Let all who bomb on opening night be categorized with Bacon Sale Spite. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> oh. Huzzah! Like Yay! Like that. is, that's definitely one of your better ones. I realized, oh, come on, there's like at least a top three somewhere in there. I realized that i do that opening, like a different variation every season as i was done with this i I'm think i've like, done movie voice like doesn't. okay thank you because yeah. i was like wow how unoriginal mine are, but,
2: mine are always unique and different <laughs> <laughs>
1: well they are but <laughs> <live> in, <the laughs> <bankerseloka>.
2: in <laughs> best way yeah welcome to make Cell. i'm joel i'm kent and jacob we'd like to thank you for listening to last week's show which was our summer blockbuster show yeah so much fun big epic summer blockbusters there's the movie voice it was funny because people were throwing out movies they'd seen the, the we, we threw out the question there on our facebook page where we said uh hey what was the first movie and Twitter, I believe we did this too. Where was our first movie you remember seeing in theaters first big movie? Yeah. And it's funny because like you hear a lot of these responses and it really made me feel old. A lot of them, but some of them maybe well, because them. they were too young or yeah, what? It's like, they're like, I watched this, you know, I remember the scene the movie for the first one. I'm like, I was in college when that movie came out. Yeah. Or like people that said monsters Inc. <laughs> I, I hate that. you. Well, <laughs> we had someone, Oh, I was going to say shark Gillens actually said song of the South. And I was like, were you born in 1946? <laughs> Uh, I think that was banned before I was born. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But uh, then Joshua Hansen, you guys know Joshua. A little bit. Uh, Joshua said, Free Willie, does that count? And I looked it up, released in July. Okay. Budget of twenty million made one hundred and fifty three million. Of course, that it, it did. That counts. Yeah, so that's a summer blockbuster. I mean, it, what did it get? Like three sequels at least. Yeah, it did, did well, it? Yeah,
3: well, t- at least two sequels. I think it was like a trilogy, right?
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. perfect trilogy. Let's I mean, be the honest. What a better trilogy! I can't
3: remember that movie at yeah. all. <laughs> but we
2: always, we always appreciate you guys and and the interaction you give us on social media. Absolutely. In fact, if you don't, if you don't like, I, I see this all the time as I run the social media pages. I see it that. A thing will come in a notification that says, "Hey, so and so liked your page," and it's a name I've seen a dozen times before. And it says, uh, "Invite them to like your page." I'm like, "They don't like the page. Why don't you like our page?" So what you're what you're saying is, "Please like our page." What I'm saying is, if you, if you like what we do, like our yeah. Facebook page. Yeah,
3: listener, let me just take a moment and and expressly ask you. Take a second and like our page because I work on those numbers. I'm following that sort of thing. It's good to see engagement. And if you enjoy listening to us, go and
1: like us there. It's a good way to support. It
2: makes us and more likes also make us feel more legitimate to Facebook and they'll adjust their algorithm or something like that. And you'll get
1: funny gifts in response. Or gifs.
2: Yeah. Want, it yes. also helps want, me. When we're I'm not trying giving out presents make, there. We should give out presents. When I'm
1: trying to make partner
3: connections and things like that, having more Facebook likes is helpful. You know, yeah, do more presents, and and I'm vain, and
1: so it makes me feel more popular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
3: and I like the and I already numbers. and I know because I have our podcast numbers. It, it's a really small percentage of you that have gone on and done this. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so you're getting after them now. I am. <laughs> yeah. Please,
3: please help us. We'll
1: but we do nice. have some new patrons
2: to thank. Whoop, whoop, we do. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Travis Hayes. And Morgan, DJ Morgan Hayes. It's hey. this Travis Hayes hey here. I'm go- we go by what they say.
1: I am so confused. Spirit
2: of 38 podcast. That's- we go by what <laughs> yep. they say. We here. go by what they say for sure. Who has two names in the podcast? Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So Travis mm-hmm. Hayes, thank you for being a patron. Love you, Morgan. We also have Carl Parkinson. Carl Parkinson. Hello, Carl Parkinson. He's also a Welcome tier. Welcome thank you. A tier two patron, our tier one fan. Excuse me. Uh, by the way, I should I should clarify. Mm-hmm. A tier one fan at at uh, Patreon, they get the giant thank you here on the on the show. Thank you so much. Yep. You get everything in tier two and tier three, gets you get some merch, you get access to uncut episodes of Bacon Cell because we try to keep it as raw as possible. Right. But occasionally we mess up or so you get the ums, ums and the ahs and the some family unfriendly things. stuff. No, yeah. no, we never go too family unfriendly. Uh, there's been a few.
3: Sometimes Joel does. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> it's
2: always
1: Joel. Freudian <laughs> slips, maybe. Also, <laughs> if you're tier two, like we just barely did a Pacon Sode, we did a patron video that we throw exclusively on the site. If you're tier two, it's a we
2: ate a meatless hamburger from the, Carl's Jr. The fam- the Beyond famous star. Yeah, that's it. So we we did a video of that, a video of us eating the burger and reviewing it on Patreon. So we chew on video. So, so if you're a tier two contributor or that. above, you Man, can see those kind of things. And whoever
3: owns the Beyond meat thing, they're doing well because they are all over the place now. Hey, hey, we're not
2: sponsored by Beyond Meat. It's starting to feel Uh, like that. Actually, Jacob has an announcement. (laughs) Bacon sale. (laughs) I'm going to reach out to him I'm going to reach out to him Meat. No, please no. Uh, Yeah, so thank you so much (laughs) to our patrons. Thank you so much to our uh, social media fans. Thank you so much for you, the listener. We appreciate you. Yes, yes, we do. But we're not just talking about this. What are we talking about today, Jacob?
3: Today, we had so much fun last week that we decided to do the inverse of that episode and talk about the summer movies that I cannot call blockbusters.
2: What which, Jacob, What do you mean last week we decided? We we've had this in the plans for so long <laughs> that <if> I'm, you, <laughs> I'm thinking three days ago we decided no on the episode on last week's episode we were talking about it like we should do a flop show that would be pretty fun and yeah, then we are yeah. doing it and then we're and we're
3: doing it fits right flop. so so we're doing this is just the the back half of the last episode the other side basically.
1: of the coin if you will yeah in fact I think this show will be a little bit more fun because you'll be surprised what flopped and if yes. these movies like. They may be great movies. They may be movies you
2: forgot
3: about. And Ken, I do appreciate that you're actually wearing your blockbuster I know, shirt just for tonight. Yeah. yeah, it's great.
2: Yeah. But the funny thing about this one too is I don't think we're gonna, we're not going to have primary answers here like we talked about last nope. time. No, we're going to talk about some crazy things you probably No forgotten. more praying, but I think we're going to get a little more variety this time too. I don't think we're going to match on any. I think we might match on one or two. You think? Or at least we'll both bring up the same movie. We shall see. Okay. I'm excited.
1: <sighs> Let's jump into it. But uh, if I may describe flop, hopefully oh, like I did. What, it's, it's when that you that jump
2: in the air and land belly first
1: onto the pool. Well, truthfully, Joel, fall, move, or hang in a heavy, loose, or ungainly way. Ungainly—that <laughs> is what our show is about. <laughs> Bacon sale. Ungainly <laughs> way.
2: <laughs> Go your ungainly way. After all that uh, burger, I just say, I don't think I'm get- ungaining anything. Exactly.
1: Or the second definition is of a performer or, or show be completely unsuccessful, fail totally. So we're talking totally. about the failures as far as box office goes. We'll talk a little bit about critical reception as well. But this is largely didn't make your money back, especially after print uh, promotion and advertising.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it was intended to. It's not like they were meant to be like critic, you know. Babies. No, these
1: are movies like specifically during the summer because yes. we, yeah. That's we even went down from yeah. a list of biggest bombs of all time. And a lot of these movies were in November, December. We went
2: specifically May to August altogether. So like for example, John Carter's considered a huge flop. Yes. But it came it's not out in March. Summer. Yeah. So we not we couldn't do that one. So we, we put a little restriction on ourselves. We hope you enjoy the variety because that so if we don't mention your favorite flop. Is there any benefit to this restriction though? That we could do another flop show later? Yes. A non summer flop show. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> John yeah, Carter. If, if we didn't mention your favorite flop, uh, check the date because it may not have come out between May and August. Yep. Okay, you, let's get you started. Start? Okay. And they all had to be financial failures too, with the exception of baby one. Yes. Okay. First category, gentlemen. This is the
3: flop, and we're going to be calling it that a lot. Flop. That you loved as a child. You loved this one anyway. It did not do well, but well, as a kid, you don't really care about there. flops. Kids. Kids like
1: crap. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's quote, quote, true. It's so true. Kids are so
2: dumb. <laughs> well, you just said it. I didn't say that. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you
1: don't really watch these in the theater anyway. So you watch them on home video. And I noticed a lot of our flops were home very video. successful so on home video. <laughs> really? <laughs> Coming soon to home video.
2: Yeah. No, a lot of these movies were actually saved because of a TV run or video release. My yeah. so that my choice uh, came out in July of
1: 1986. The budget was $25 million and it only made $11 million. It's big trouble in Little China. Oh, total flop. That one stuck around though. Oh wait, that's a cult classic. Yeah, John John Carpenter was the director. Kurt Russell. This we may thing, have to
2: give some synopses for some of these camps.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so, for example, it's about a rough and tumble trucker. He helps to rescue his friend's fiance from an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. If I've, you I've haven't seen, seen this. this movie, I have seen this. It is bonkers in the best possible it, way. That's
2: absolutely. Accurate. There's it a, is there's a dude that blows up like, like he balloons up so much and then he explodes yes. in like this cartoony way. This that's is probably disturbing as a kid. This is probably yeah. the movie
1: that taught me about anti heroes. Okay. Because I that's yeah, true. Kurt that, Russell is kind he? of a
2: jerk in this movie. He's
1: a jerk. He's not even really meant to be the protagonist of the movie, even though he saves everyone. Because there is a sympathetic character you're meant to care about. It's the guy who has the uh it's his friend. Right. Where you're saving the fiance. But Jack Burton in this movie is so great. <laughs> but that's it doesn't matter. This was the 71st highest grossing movie of 1986. Whoa. 71st of the year. Uh, there was a big problem with this. It came out the same time or near about the same time as Karate Kid 3, Ferris Bueller, mm. Labyrinth, and Short Circuit. All, is all a, pretty iconic movies. A really bad time at the theater. I'm surprised it cost so much to make, about $25 million after everything. Uh, because it's a John Carpenter which is quite movie, which more f- in 1980. It, it is, it was. and John Carpenter so, filmed things on uh, on the cheap. I mean, that thing probably cost more than this based yeah. on effects. <laughs> yeah, but this one, it's I mean, set wise, it's very technically impressive for the
2: time. Totally failed, but now is considered a great cult classic. Okay, yeah, it's a good choice. Mine is actually a July of 1984 uh, movie. Okay, mm. it's Supergirl. Do you guys remember they made a Supergirl movie? Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't know this existed. Wait. So as a kid, as a kid. the show's ridiculous no, this already. <laughs> Flop, you loved as a child. As I loved as you, a child. You like this one as a yes, kid? Yes. I had a crush on Supergirl. Well, of course. So uh, this one, Helen Slater, I had a huge crush on Helen Slater for a while. There was Supergirl. Uh, let me read the synopsis in case you forgot. There was a Supergirl movie. After losing a powerful orb, the Omega Hedron, <laughs> Kara zor Superman's cousin, comes to Earth to retrieve it and instead finds herself up against a wicked witch. <laughs> I kind of want to watch this It's now. like Return to Oz and Superman combined. This is, and this is, I was going to say, this is uh, directed by Jano Swark, who directed Somewhere in Time and Jaws 2. So, classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it stars Faye Dunaway, who's a big star, and then Peter O'Toole. Who's also a big star? It budget was thirty five million. It made fourteen million. So it did not. This even came mean half after more. Superman three, right? So the yes, Superman legacy s- was tarnished. So what happened was okay. So Su- Superman three didn't do so well. It, yeah, it, it, it did terrible. fine. It did fine, mm-hmm. but not good enough. Right. So then they the the ones who held the rights for this, the producers, they said, okay, let's freshen it up. Let's do a super super girl movie. That's going to be so much better. And they were going to have Christopher Reeve come in and do a tie in. He refused, and so they had to settle for a cameo by Jimmy Olsen. That's so the actor sad. They acted by Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Why would he refuse that? And then, uh... <laughs> but it, it's so funny because like the, in this movie, they give the, the witch, Faye Dunaway, she who was originally Dolly Parton was going to be the witch. It wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. No one would but even Faye Dunaway, know. He, she, uh... She's in love with this construction worker or this maintenance guy. I don't even remember what he is anymore. I'm afraid we're getting to the weeds now. But <laughs> <laughs> just, listen, just listen to <laughs> me just here. Knell? This is the level of storyteller we're talking. So she gives him a love potion and this love potion makes him delirious and then it makes him fall asleep. And then the first person he sees is going to be the person he loves and it's supposed to be her when he wakes up yeah but he stumbles out and so he's stumbling in the streets and she's like the witch is worried he, she's gonna he's gonna fall in love with someone else so she she possesses a tractor to go and get him in the middle of a Uh-oh. city but then supergirl <sighs> saves him she opens up she he sees her first he falls in love with supergirl anyway that's so complicated i
3: had to look up Faye dunaway so i can remember what she looks like oh yeah yeah
2: yeah but so this Faye was, Dunaway now <laughs> This movie is one big mess. Like, there's this... It's it's way too... I don't know why I loved this movie. There's a weird smoke beast monster at the end. Yeah. Three people died during the making of this film. Jeez. Yeah. Um, done yeah did the rest, a lot. Did well, the rest of your of family really like that. this movie? Yeah. My brothers and I, we used to watch this and enjoy it. And I thought it was a great movie at the time. Yeah. And now I watch it. I'm like, oh, this this is bad. Like, really the more I watch it, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. And it actually killed it it didn't kill the superman franchise but they had to sell the rights after this they they sold it to canon films after Mm -hmm. this yeah so yeah there you go so good that was a great beginning. I'm I uh, yeah. you're looking for yeah, a little China like, okay. and
3: supergirl. All right, let's see what happens now. Uh well, this is one of those boring ones Kent likes. So best soundtrack. That we both, we both like, like I know,
2: I know. <laughs> uh this is one we so we did have best soundtrack for best summer blockbuster we last did, yeah. week. And mm-hmm. this week we're doing flops, even though they flopped, they still had a great soundtrack. And Kent, I know you're not gonna agree with me, but no one's gonna take this answer away from me. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Xanadu. Xanadu.
3: This is what you're resisting singing?
2: Yes, this has been stuck in my head and I couldn't Before sing it. Before we started the show, Joel's like, I just want to sing so much. I just want to sing. <laughs> I want to sing. as this. I listened to the entire soundtrack today at work. Didn't prep for this and I was like, yes, yes,
1: this is my jam. <laughs> Can I let you know a little secret? <laughs> Please do. My daughter is in elementary and she says, next year's play is going to be so cool. And I'm like, what is it? Because this one was Annie. She says, Xanadu Jr., Oh, wow. They're doing Xanadu at an elementary school. Xanadu Junior. Yeah,
2: I don't get it. Yeah, how does that um, go? Why? It's shorter people. It yeah, roller I skates <laughs> all the uh, time. So, Xanadu, if you don't know, came out in August of 1980. And here's a synopsis A struggling artist living in Los Angeles meets a girl who may hold the key to his happiness. Uh, the short version is there's this guy who finds his muse yes olivia newton john is in this movie uh and gene kelly this is his final film performance. Mm -hmm. he's in this movie too but olivia newton john is a muse and she comes to find this struggling artist and kind of inspire him this had a budget of 20 million and it made 22 million and remember it has to make over double its budget to be considered a success because of marketing and other things involved in that uh this also features animation by don bluth but uh the thing I want to focus and on is music by ELO for oh yes. most of it, yeah Well, that's what I'm getting into right now. That's the yeah. soundtrack. So the soundtrack. Why do, why do you know that? Because, because, it's, a great because soundtrack. it's a great soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but this is another movie I really liked as a kid. It's it's, it's, a, it's a disco roller skating movie about Greek muses. This is a ridiculous film. But Which part was ridiculous? All <laughs> of the entire thing. Oh, okay. But I can sing almost every song in that soundtrack. And like as it was playing, I could see the whole movie playing before my eyes. But uh, so on the original pressing of the album, one side was com- completely ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, with songs like I'm Alive. Mm-hmm. And, and then on the flip side, it was Olivia Newton-John, where it was like magic. Now, this movie was the inspiration, one of the inspirations for the creation of the Golden Raspberries. Like this is when they said, we need to award the worst movies ever because of this movie. Just rude. But the soundtrack became a huge commercial success around, around the world and was certified double platinum in the United wow. States. Uh, The song Magic, like I said, was number one in the U.S. And then uh, the Xanadu song I just played was number one in the U.K. So this it's not a great movie, but it is a great hour and a half music video. How bad is this movie? I don't think you'd like it. Like, I, I think it's so it's campy and corny and cheesy and doesn't make a lot of sense because like she loves him. So she wants to be with him but then when he finds out she's amused, he gets mad at her and then she goes away, but then she's able to come back. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense overall. Jake, do you like disco?
1: Mm, No.
2: Do you like roller skating to disco? Do you like roller skating to disco on an acid trip? Jacob.
3: Now you're in. Do you
2: like it when 40s big bands battle heavy metal bands? Because that happens in this movie. I did not expect any of these There's questions. literally two sides of You're the stage. You're on a drug trip right now. They're doing a 40s uh, big band over here, and then they do heavy metal, and then they merge them together in one. It's awesome. Okay, can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> we can. Kent, what's yours? The best soundtrack, I feel like I'm cheating, is from
1: The Wizard of Oz. It came out August 1939. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's not the a The budget success. was $2.7 yeah.
2: million. Dollars. It made $3 million. Don't get me wrong, Kent. Like, I go love on. The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. But is it anything beyond Somewhere the Rain- somewhere Over the
1: Rainbow? Well, it is because it actually won the best score and the best original song for
2: Over the Rainbow. But it's 39. They didn't have a lot of competition. They just barely got it. Wow, slam against the 30s <laughs> Oscars. <Jeez>. Oh, I'm <laughs> slamming against the 30s Oscars. <laughs> That's why I said it.
1: <laughs>
3: Kids are no. always picking the old movies. So, so is, this,
2: this is, is this a score or is it songs? It's This is uh,
1: the, full, the full score okay. is, is great as well. I was listening sense. to this one. I'm is like... It? Obviously, very old school, but it's it it's perfect for the movie. Honestly. Hans Zimmer did that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Hans Zimmer, <laughs> his great-grandpa, Franz. Franz Zimmer. Yeah, exactly. So MGM, they made this movie. They lost $1.1 million back in 1939. That's a lot of money, wow. right? Wow. If and only they could have this made it wasn't, up somehow. This wasn't a commercial success. Not at all. So... What they did that's is one they the re-released yeah. this 10 years later and said, hey, everyone, come see it. So then they made $1.5 million and they said, okay, that's good. Like we recouped our money. And then they had to kind of sell the whole thing to uh, Warner Brothers and they released it on home video and has now become The Wizard of Oz. Wow. And so they kept re-releasing it it's to make its money back. And you think about it, like I think of this one in the same vein as Gone with the Wind, which is one of the highest... Grossing movies of all time. Yeah, I think but it that was, movie made highest grossing movie all, of all the time. money, this movie made no money,
2: which yeah. is crazy. You think of the sets and what they created, and still. Well, it's, it's one of the most iconic stories of our time. Everyone knows The Wizard of Oz. Yes, because, 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 because. because I wonder why it bombs so hard.
3: Like, it makes me want to get into witchcraft.
2: it. Witchcraft? People weren't into witchcraft? Witchcraft, they were no. still. There was still burning Well, there
1: was that guy in the forest, you know, he, he knew it was going to bomb, and so. No, that's i am getting no on that. That's a false. We've all seen it. <laughs> it's not true. We've all seen it. I don't but know yeah, The happening. Wizard of Oz best soundtrack.
3: All right, next category. Let's keep going. What is the flop that was
2: torpedoed by
1: the studio? And <laughs> define what that means. Fan four stick of
2: August 2015. Torpedoed by the studio essentially means the studio meddled and ruined the movie. Or they didn't market it successful successfully and ruined the movie. Yes. But this
3: is a common thing, right? Like we have this trouble. We have well, creators studio, are often complaining about the studio. Yeah, director I
2: mean, has a has a vision. Here's yeah. the, thing. the studio says no. I think a lot of times we put the blame on the studio, saying the studio ruined the movie or the studio meddled too much or the studio changed the movie. I think a lot of times though, I think probably more times than not, the studio actually helps the movie. It does go both ways for sure. Because you get you get full too you get too much director ego, you're gonna get a dry, awful bowl of oatmeal but if you get the studio going the other way getting fluffy popcorn bubble gum like it's like that merge of the two that kind of pull and push i think helps movies Uh, i'd say the majority of the creator
1: on this one the creator so what happened to (laughs) fan four stick so oh by the way budget was 120 million it made
2: 167 million you say fan four stick it's fantastic for but the way they marketed they put a four in the middle of the word so it's fan four stick so um, a year before this movie was released they're
1: still filming there was a plot leak on the internet and they you know the internet being the internet went crazy and they attacked the director Josh Trink and it had a few elements which were actually true in, in the movie and he's like no 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 that's not true at all because he knew he was in trouble because this movie took some risks uh, people were praising this movie, even w- within the studio, saying this is kind of like a body horror movie. Well, they were hopeful for Josh Trank because he did uh, Chron- Chronicle, Chronicle for like which was solid. He did it, made it for no money, and then they were like, "Hey, do the same for this movie. Make Chronicle again." And apparently, like, everyone blames him on the set. They said he was tough to work with. He always got in fights with Miles Teller. He always made Kate Mara cry. And he apparently trashed his apartment that he was living in at the time. A of drug problems, too, right? This is the director? Yeah, yeah. this is the
2: tr- the director. The guy you Dude. want to have completely creative control over the movie, not the studio?
1: You have to go with the creator here, Ken? Honestly? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Did you see Fanforstick? I would rather see the crazy thing that this guy made. Toby Kebble, who played uh, Dr. Doom before he turned into whatever that was. He said, Josh Trank made a great film that no one will ever see. And it's true. We'll never see the Trank cut. And I don't think anyone's really asking for it. I want to see... Hashtag release the Trank cut. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to catch on. So like Fox and Josh Trank, they agreed on like three major action set pieces. And that's what he sold the movie with. He's like, let's make this kind of Fantastic Four movie. They said, cool. And then just days before the production, Fox said actually we're going to save some money we're going to pull 30 million dollars from you and so they cut those scenes and then they fired him essentially before he could edit the movie yeah. so they changed the whole third act mm-hmm. there are definitely locked him out of the editing room. yeah and they locked him out so he couldn't Jeez. even get into this and then so this guy there's just bad blood here and he gets it i mean he feel i would like to do a whole big and sell episode on what happened here okay because even like his i mean not okay well no we'll, yeah we'll, yeah we'll see buddy he's even apologized about. to like yeah. stanley like when people are doing like rest in peace stanley he was like i know i have let you down stan but i'm always going to be a fan and it's like that's pretty heartbreaking so when reviews for this movie came out and everyone was hating on it he said he tweeted he said a year ago i had a fantastic version of this and it would have received great reviews you'll probably never see it that's reality though and so he kind of plummeted the box office for his own movie what was, movie. The, what was yeah. the
2: budget in the box office on this one
1: so it was made for 120 million and it made 167 million so
2: not quite not quite yeah double
1: <laughs> right yeah not <laughs> math yeah not even and so yeah. yeah it's it's even said that like different directors came in and finished the third act and it is just frankenstein's monster
2: as far as movies it's bad go. it's a bad bad movie yeah. uh i'm just gonna read the synopsis of mine Four young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe, which alters their physical form in shocking <laughs> ways. Yes, it's fantastic well done. four. I picked the same one and not yeah. much more to say about it. This, it's a mess and I, I don't know if, Tra- if uh, Trank's version would have been better, but different, right? It, it, it would be have been, different. been something. It, it might have been, been, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there
1: were seeds of a good idea in the trailer and the first act there. And then who knows what happened? No, yeah. it did. Like that was
3: because the reason like, why people hated it, I think, so much is because there was some expectation. It built up as like, oh, this mood is kind of cool. This is yeah. looking interesting. And then it
2: went to uh, yeah. yeah. like Yeah, yeah, not not worth a watch. Yeah, so okay. there you go. That's so my so pick for nice for Torpedo by the Studio. Oh, I guess we did match. Oh, we should also clarify that if we use one movie for one category, we cannot use it again in any other category. Exactly. So I had one that I actually wanted to use for Torpedo by the Studio, but I had to use it elsewhere. Okay. So Okay, next
3: category then. What flop had the best hero? And we're actually talking legitimately best hero.
2: Yeah, like yeah, the one you really liked. I cheated on this one. I cheated. Cheater. Hmm. I cheated because I chose Ryan Reynolds. I'm telling your kids. I chose Ryan wait, Reynolds. Wait, wait, wait. Ryan Reynolds is the hero? Ryan Reynolds is the hero. It's R-I-P-D. Because he was in. <laughs> Please go. Okay, <no>. So, <laughs> hear that movie wait, so is, much. That, is that a summer movie? That's summer movie. He is a summer movie. So that's what i was gonna bomb. say. So he has been in not one but two high profile superhero movie bombs where he played a main character with Green Lantern in June 2011 yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2009 and R.I.P.D. and R.I.P.D. that's in comic 2013 book. That's, that's not a superhero movie but yeah you know it's I mean. based off a comic book but he was in these high profile bombs like he he totally botched it on these movies I don't know if he did as much as the movie was just terrible he I chose mean, the script I blame Ryan and yet he's still able to come back from that and find success as Deadpool. Insane. He, he not just that he found it, he lobbied for it and he fought for it and then he got to be Deadpool and it was a success. So Ryan Reynolds is Wait, my Wait, you're hero. saying he's a hero because of a February movie all of a sudden? Well, I'm saying he's a hero because he bombed so many times and people still like him. He, he's literally, like his character, is bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why because, <laughs> man, that was
1: the thing. Like, I just want to punch Ryan Reynolds in the face sometimes. You'd, you'd see him fail <laughs> and you'd be like,
3: oh, yeah, you know, he's likable. That just didn't work, you know, yeah. and then it would happen again. And it's then so again.
1: smarmy. He's super. It's so funny. <laughs> <But if> it's- <laughs> so there you go. There's my hero. All right. My hero, I didn't cheat. It's Scott Pilgrim from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That bombed? Yes. Came out August 2009 and the budget was $60 million. It only made $47 million. Wow. That's pretty bad. Yeah, really bad. I think opening weekend was $15 million And because as an Edgar Wright fan, I'm like, no, no, but this movie was such like a labor of love
2: for him. You could tell. I had to give it a second shot. The first time time time? I watched it, I was like, "Mm, I I like the the video game parts, but overall, was just some stuff that bothered me. Okay. Second time through, much more palatable. This is where... I didn't like it the first time. This this is where Hipster Kent
1: came out, having read all the mini graphic novels, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see this. Yeah, it didn't live up to the graphic novels, but uh, it was wish fulfillment in many, many ways. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. So it's about Scott and Ramona Flowers, and he literally has to fight... But like do boss battles, he has to fight seven
2: ex-boyfriends yeah. in it, very it,
1: video game. It's and, very
2: video game. Like yes the opening of the movie is the universal logo, but it's eight bit with eight bit eight bit music, and it's like ah, I see what you did. This there. is one. I'm glad That's you guys. Like it. I'm glad you guys gave this a second chance because you watched it once. Yet. Oh, you should because the first time you're like, so. That's Jacob, c-
1: go go give it a second right chance now. Yeah, right, right now. Yeah, we'll, all right, we'll pause wait. the show, and we're back.
3: Okay, uh, it
1: still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> open your eyes so uh, like the second time you see it the third time you see it there's just little cues everywhere it is so it, and granted there's a lot of annoying stuff but it's so full of Edgar Wright isms I and really it shows love the how annoying much stuff he cares about throwing extra stuff in this movie for repeat views I love it so much I think Scott I'm, I'm not the biggest Michael Sarah fan but I liked him in this movie okay so yeah best hero Scott Pilgrim I liked Chris Chris Evans in that yeah he's, he's hilarious. great and Brandon Routh too is hilarious yeah, the yeah. Vegan. Lucas Lee
3: yeah, those were like two the parts I was like, "eh, this isn't bad." Yeah. Uh, okay. Next category is the flop that killed, that ended, that torp. No, not torpedo. We used that word, but well,
2: that uh, the was uh, kind of the studio torpedoed it. This is the one that killed the franchise. There
1: you go so my choice came out in july of 1987 it's superman Four, the quest for peace that is my answer is it really yes yeah.
2: <laughs> i thought we were gonna repeat, pick each other's answers so
1: let's jump in uh budget was 17 million dollars made 15
2: million dollars now before you go on from that so they got 17 million dollars oh, to, to see a quest
1: for
3: peace that's what that's the lesson it is yeah. No, <laughs>
2: the, the first superman movie got 55 million the second one got 54 million the third one got 39 this one got 15 they had no budget to work with on this one one uh, john Cryer's in it john Cryer is lenny luthor yeah lex's oh. nephew <laughs> i can't oh, i can't do it gosh. it's so bad <laughs> no this is one that like i mean the, the special effects are cheesy it's really like they create they create a superman cl- not a clone but they take a strand of superman's hair yeah put it in a nuclear warhead that superman then throws into the sun and it turns into nuclear man this villain who's powered by the sun. So, and the let me solar explain, powered villain. There's okay. a,
1: there's a huge history of Canon films. So the Warner brothers, and it, this was owned by uh, a brothers, I think the Salkinds, mm-hmm. and they had to sell the rights after Superman three and Supergirl. And they sold it to Canon films. Canon is like asylum. They're the ones that they know a movie's coming out and they'll like, Pacific Rim, they'll make Atlantic Rim. They yeah. make movies that go basically okay, okay. straight to Redbox. And
2: so they got this this knockoff studio, got the Superman forward, and was like, what can we do with this? Yes. Their biggest movie they
1: ever released was probably The Last Dragon, which Joel loves so much oh, with Shonuff. Oh, Nuff.
2: don't bring it up.
1: <laughs> but they all they made was garbage copycats. Superman was a big deal for them, and it totally bombed. Killed canon as well, but definitely killed
2: Superman as a franchise. When he, they even got the director of Iron Eagle to do this, and it didn't work. What? <laughs> Iron Eagle's a better movie than this, oh, though. It totally somehow. is. Yeah. The, but this. It, so John Cryer, he talked about how Christopher Reeve took him aside just before the release of the movie and told him this is going to be terrible. And Christopher <laughs> Reeve <laughs> he still has to do it. Christopher Reeve, he talked about in his book how they just faced budget constraints and cutbacks in every single department, like they could not. The budget get was meant to be done. thirty-five million, and they cut it to seventeen. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. This one failed, uh, was the worst at the box office, and, and actually, it killed the Superman franchise for 19 years. There was not another Superman yeah, movie during that time, time live-action Superman movie during yeah. that time. And honestly, superhero from the movies. From the superhero movie that started it all. We had yeah. a show, though.
1: It's funny, because this and Jaws, which may or may not come up in this show, the first originals were these great blockbusters, and then they by the fourth movie they were a shadow of their former selves. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. By the way, at one point, nuclear man scratches Superman with his radioactive yeah, fingernails. That's it, that's it. Oh, and I- he gives Superman radiation sickness. <laughs> The man, Why the you, man who is powered by the sun got no. radiation sick. Why do you think I hate feet and toenails so much? Because of nuclear, man? I, when I worked at Laguna
1: <laughs> Beach, that, that's where it started. I got cut by so many toenails when I worked at a water park. Gross. I'm telling you, yeah. Is
3: that the truth?
2: Yes, it's the that's truth. horrifying. Sliced horrifying, open. disgusting fact.
1: What, yeah. where,
3: where are you getting cut by Because toenails. I'd be in the,
1: in the pool and then people, you know, fall off their tubes and I'd help get them get back on and then they'd, and they'd fall kick. on top of me and they're toenails would slice my All back right.
2: so i think the moral of the story is cut your toenails <laughs> people
1: yeah i don't want radio <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's the most horrifying thing i've heard in you, my
1: life you think i just hate feet just because oh my no it's ptsd gosh. jake i still oh my don't gosh. get this,
3: this is real nuclear is man. that what you always res- resist when i'm trying to give you a bag massage with my feet uh-huh <laughs> mm. Why Why
2: you wanna you wanna what's our, our next category <laughs> what's our next category
3: Jacob? i don't know i want to i want to dig into this where's dr matt dr matt come in here <laughs> okay. oh that's good all right next category Gosh, that's sick. All right. The, what's the <laughs> flop that actually had the best performance?
2: Best performance in a flop to me. Yes. I hope it's the same one. If it is, we're matching on three in a row. Okay. I chose Gene Wilder. Oh, and my
1: Luke. gosh. did Willy Wonka on the chocolate. <laughs> you <a> chocolate <laughs> one too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? We're matching more of this than we do in the, the, the other one. Absolutely. It's everywhere too. Absolutely the best performance in well, a flop. And it,
2: I was surprised when I found out this was a flop. That's why I went, well, I got to put him because it was made for three million. It made four million. It It didn't make a profit. And it was one where people just didn't like it at the time. Although it did receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Score. And he was nominated for a Golden Globe. But both times they lost to Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof was the bigger musical of the year. So the whole background behind this. So it wasn't profitable. Paramount decided to not renew. Because films
1: generally have a seven-year contract, apparently. And so they decided not to renew the seven-year copyright. Not believe we missed it. Warner Brothers bought the rights for $500,000. And then so Warner Brothers said, you know what? We're gonna throw this on TV like crazy, and because of that, like repeated airings and home video
2: sales, this movie became the phenomenon that we watched in school. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Mel Stewart, uh, director of Casablanca, yeah. the 1980 TV series.
1: But truthfully, <laughs> you know, one episode. But truthfully, like Gene Wilder in this movie, like there's so much like joy, sadness, playfulness, anger. He has so many layers. That it was, you think you know? We, we now it's like memeified essentially, yeah, right? It is. The yeah.
2: condescending Wonka exactly
1: is that a band name
2: in high school no it's a meme okay yeah. so it's just a meme yeah it's, it's just a meme I, yeah. we couldn't do i thought that. you were the ones that came up with it no no we could, it was already copyrighted but then.
1: it's a brilliant performance from from him and it's it's iconic i think for gene wilder
2: well and he like at the very beginning the first time you see Willy wonka and he's like hobbling with the cane and then he drops the cane and does the role and stands up and ta-da mm-hmm. that was totally wilder's idea he wanted to do that because he said from now on from that time on no one will know if i'm lying or telling the truth yeah and I'm like, these really putting a lot in there. So yeah. we've agreed more on this show than we did on the summer blockbuster show. I I, mean, that's so bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I do want to read this though. Brave twins. We're, we're talking about movies that failed uh, both critically and financially. Mm-hmm. So this one obviously failed financially, but I also want to give this review from Gene, Gene Siskel. Give it two out of four stars, saying, "Anticipation of what Wonka's factory is like is so well developed that it, that its eventual appearance is a terrible letdown." Sure enough, there is a chocolate river, but it looks too much like the Chicago River to be appealing. The quality <laughs> of the color photography is flat. The other items in Wonka's factory, bubblegum trees and lollipop flowers and, uh, also look cheap. Nothing in the factory is appealing. To which I say, Gene Siskel, you're a moron. Everything in that factory looked appealing. I walked in there. I wanted to be in that chocolate factory. Well, it's like 1970s appealing, right? Like, I mean, you it know, sounds, it feels kind of grungy. It, but it sounds better
1: than like a toenail <laughs> scratch. No, abs- oh No,
2: you brought it back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I cannot
2: believe can't we can't match That's on this next so one. random. This next one was another one I was worried we were going to match. I on. promise you we won't. Okay,
3: what's the next one, Jake? Uh, I'm nervous now. We'll see. All right, what is the uh, flop with the worst adaptation?
1: I wanted to go with many comic book I adaptations adaptation. on this. Yeah. I went with the movie adaptation. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> but I went with... Oh, a,
3: hold on, hold on. Define adaptation, too. Uh, adaptation. Based on a
1: book, series, oh, yeah, yeah. TV show. Work, another work. Yes. Okay. So I went with one that was very personal to me that I, I love the series. It's The Dark Tower, uh, Stephen King series. Oh, it's pretty recent, then. Yeah, this came out August of 2017. That is a
3: terrible adaptation. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's so frustrating. People, See, I didn't
1: read the book. So to me, it was kind of like,
2: this is weird. Yeah, like, what's man. the story?
1: People hold on to this, and granted, the first book is very simple, but they made the movie very science fiction like. Uh, so it made 113 million. It was almost a success on a 66 million dollar budget. Okay, so almost, almost. yeah. But truthfully, they were a terrible movie. They were hoping that this would launch a franchise that they were planning an Amazon TV series with several other movies, kind of interspersed in You should make a good movie, yeah, precisely. It's true. Ah, so dumb. Well, truthfully, they they didn't know who to make this movie for. So honestly. It's a kid's adventure. Kids aren't going to care to see this movie. Adults that love the book will just get mad that they changed everything. And so everyone was apathetic. Mm-hmm. Even, well, I was angry, but then I just forgot about it a week later, anyways. Yeah. 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 So that's so a it. good it's storytelling. Telling, regardless
3: yeah. of who it was aimed at
1: for marketing, it So it yeah, wasn't a good storytelling. Worst adaptation for a flop.
2: It almost made its money back. So mm-hmm. it still qualifies. And Joel chose The Dark Tower. I actually did choose The Dark Tower. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I didn't. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I chose Super Mario Brothers, May 1993. So, An adaptation. yeah, I get it. Yeah, because that's the thing is like they're like, hey, kids love video games. Let's make a movie based on a video game. Let's do Super Mario Brothers. Here's the synopsis Two Brooklyn plumbers, Mario and Luigi, must travel to another dimension to rescue a princess from the evil dictator King Koopa and stop him from taking over the world. Hey, that sounds like Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Wait, why is that fungus talking? Mm-hmm. Wait, why are there dinosaurs? with like baby heads it's fine what is happening here everything's okay why are there electric <laughs> jumping boots like what is happening here who scratched me it's like someone was <laughs> it's like someone who's a big fan of, of blade runner was hired to write this movie and they but didn't know like, what they were doing but it's
1: like garbage blade runner right there was nothing stylistic about this no movie. well in
2: fact the, the people that the husband and wife team that directed this movie actually Got were the divorced. ones that, they helped create uh, max hedrum which oh, was kind of okay. that sci-fi cyberpunk kind 80s of thing. Camp, sure. And I think they were just stuck in that rut. Now this had Bob Hoskins and ja- John Leguizamo, Samantha Man- Samantha Mathis, Dennis Hopper, budget of 48 million dollars, it made 20 million dollars. Wasn't Bob Hoskins on drugs the entire time this movie was being made? I think he said that. Yeah. I think he said that. But here's the thing that made me laugh. So it's like this dark techno version of Super Mario. And the Mario creator, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, commented that while he enjoyed the effort that was put into the film, he felt that the end result tried too hard to replicate the game series. What game <laughs> is the creator of Mario thinking he's creating? Because, he was with Bob Hoskins during the uh, making of this movie? I, I guess because the whole time yeah. they, they were, they were going to go with this like kid-friendly one. But then they said, oh, man, you know, Batman, the dark Batman movie went well. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a little bit darker. So they tried to go Robbie darker. L4. But it's like John Leguizamo said. He said it's eight-year-olds who play the game, and that's where the movie needed to be aimed. But the directors kept in trying to insert new material. They shot a um, uh, little family-friendly here, minor, minor family-friendly here. On uh, yourself? Yes. Okay. Go they ahead. They shot scenes with strippers. We'll have to cut this later. They shot scenes with strippers and other ex- sexually explicit content, which got all edited out anyway. So it seems like they're making it's this dark, droll. gritty, That's ridiculous. hypersexualized Mario movie and then went, oh wait, kids are going to watch this and then pulled out those parts. You could even say this is one of the biggest flops of all time, not for how much money it
1: lost, but for what it killed as far as video game movies going forward. Oh, it forward. set them back Nintendo, yeah. for two years. Which, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Nintendo, which probably was hoping to launch like a Zelda franchise and maybe Donkey Kong or just... Other things. Zelda would have made a much better movie, honestly. There's more story story there. Well, until until you saw what kind of movie they
2: might have made based on this. Yeah. Uh, By the way, in an interview with Bob Hoskins with The Guardian, he was asked number one, what is the worst job you've done? Number two, what has been your biggest disappointment? And number three, if you could edit your past, what would you change? His answer to all three was Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Oh. That was great.
3: Next category is going to be the biggest ensemble flop. I like this category.
2: An ensemble being just a big cast of okay. big people. Hollywood does
3: this all Everyone the time. is going to love this movie Come because of this who out. we Look, hired. There's 25 people you recognize. Look at all the
2: names we put on the poster. Yeah. We put George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Arnold yes. Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman, yes. Lisa Silverstone, Michael Go, Pat Hingle, and L. McPherson. I chose Batman and Robin.
3: Did this bomb badly? Does this still count as an ensemble? I guess it does.
2: Yeah, it, that, that was the thing is they were throwing out names like "Look who we got in this movie." Yeah. I mean, uh, George Clooney's riding high on ER fame at this point. That was kind of the he riding was, high, but he was the lowest on the totem pole, I think, in regard to casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this budget was one hundred and twenty-five million. Box office was two hundred and thirty-eight million. Oh, didn't quite so close. That's very close. didn't quite crack it. So this was one of the movies after Batman Forever did so well at the theaters. They fast tracked this thing. They're like, "Let's make another movie as soon as possible." They finished 2 weeks ahead of the shooting schedule. They kind of rushed the script, but they couldn't get Val, Pil- Val Kilmer get back cuz he was working on The Saint. But and then actually uh Joel Schumacher the director, he actually wanted to cast William Baldwin in Kilmer's place, which would oh, have been weird. Mercy. No. That would have been an odd odd yeah. thing. This is the lowest this is the lowest uh, live action Batman film to date. Uh, they were, and they already had so many plans for this movie that it was going to be great, that it was going to be wonderful, that they were already casting, getting ready to cast for Batman Unchained, yeah. the fourth movie, where Scarecrow was going to be played by Coolio. So, I'm out. Oh, Kent's gone. I'm Kent's out. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't really leave it. And I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, it was going to have, it was going to have, uh, yeah, Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. They had a whole plan for Why it. Why would then, they
1: do that? Why would they even tease that? <laughs> that hurts my heart <laughs> that's when it was so not, terrible were,
2: no one was trying to make it real or uh, art at all yeah, like chris, O'Donnell, played, so well, chris o'donnell who robin. played well chris o'donnell who robin yeah when he made batman forever he felt like he was making a movie the second time i felt like i was making a kid's toy commercial and uh, john glover who yeah. played uh, the doctor the the doctor who throws poison ivy and the poisonous weeds in this movie yeah he said joel schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone and yell before each take remember everyone this is a cartoon and so that's the performance you got. And this, oh, it's mercy. just, so I own this movie. Yeah. And I watched it fairly recently. It what? Why? And just to see if it was as bad as I remember. And it really is. Like, you're watching the whole time cringing. It's really bad. When I, he still up remember I mean, the puns are amazing, though. Like, I used to see you. <laughs> it's so bad. Cool party. Ah, it's it's terrible. Cool party. He's Mr. Freeze, guys. I can tell you one thing I legitimately <laughs> like about this movie, though. Go on. Actually, two things. Bat nipples? No. <laughs> The beginning the is the end card? is the beginning. That's, that's and the end things. is the beginning is the oh, okay. end. Okay, so the soundtrack. You get Smashing Pumpkins on the soundtrack, and the songs that start and end it, the Smashing Pumpkins songs, are fantastic. Oh yeah. And so that's the only really redeeming quality of this movie. I don't want to own these two movies, Batman Forever, and for this, in this one. But the what? soundtracks? Yeah, they what? were. They were? What'd mm-hmm. you
3: say? Were. I said were the songs made for the movie. I believe they were. Yeah. Ken says yes. I'm saying yes. Well, okay, so believe Kent. He knows the Smashing Pumpkins.
1: So I cheated a little bit on my ensemble choice because the A-lister in this cast is meant to be a supporting character, even though featured prominently on the posters. Hmm. And I had to put this movie somewhere because it needs to be mentioned. It's The Lone Ranger came out mm. in july 2013 this one has
3: ensemble cast at all
1: i would say of character actors that were meant to be bigger and i think this killed a lot of can't, their cinematic to, can't careers. want to
2: mention this at least once this was the blank he had this was that uh, so yeah. johnny depp
1: army hammer tom wilkinson ruth wilson helena bottom carter william fichner james
2: Dale. but then you get a dir- the direct uh, 30 other people but, then, but, but it's, all, it's not it's not just the actors too you get the the director who was uh who did this one gorba no who directed this movie? Yeah, I think no, was that's Scott right. It Verbinski. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who did uh, Pirates. And, and so yeah. they had him and then they had the score, which was by another big name that I can't remember. Like this was supposed to be like the big movie of the summer. Yes. And to have Johnny Depp as the supporting character. As Tonto. As Tonto, the Native
1: American. So, na- <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was two and a half hours. No one wanted to see this. No. It was four or five different plots. So this was made for $215 million. It made two hundred sixty. million million dollars Mm. i would honestly say other than some success for maybe army hammer probably had one good movie after this it's kind of killed everyone's career that was involved ruth wilson has gone nowhere helena bonham carter hasn't really had a movie since then really yeah johnny depp his star has definitely faded since 2013 that's probably where it started actually yeah and so it just totally fell on its face and thank goodness like there there could have been a good
2: movie in there and i yeah, think I wish, maybe I wish it you edited been, it i was yeah. like okay so this, yeah, this yeah, movie could right been good. this yeah, movie to me was like a desert mirage like you know when you see that you're kind of you see a glimmer of something mm-hmm. you're like oh there's something interesting and then it goes away and you're like oh never mind like that's the theme terrible. at the end i was like oh like. that's
1: pretty cool yeah
2: then that's it yeah, that,
1: yeah when that there's like a supernatural element with wolves and heists i don't know
2: just there's so much yeah i know that's my pick i just can't I don't like Army Hammer, honestly, in this movie. Didn't, oh, you just don't like him, didn't, him at all. This movie yeah. did, well, I was like, it was, it was on the cusp of liking him. But he looked like... And this like, movie kind of tipped it over. I'm like, no. Nope, no. Nope. Right. Yep. Yeah. All
3: right. I'm not sure either of those were a good example of ensembles, but...
2: Batman and Robin had is, like yours everyone. Is, yours is closer. Yeah. Yeah, what would you, what, what would you consider an ensemble? That was those, a summertime movie. Oh,
3: well, those terrible ones. I don't know about summertime. You know, exactly. When they, when they do like the New had Year's Day and Valentine's Day. You mean and winter they,
2: and, and February?
3: I, like, I'm not, I don't have a calendar in front of me, man. Just, you don't know but, what <laughs> Valentine's Day and New Year's Day
1: is? He's, he's waiting for Independence Day, clearly. Yeah. 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 Oh, Resurgence uh, would have been Ocean, yeah. Oceans, those are Those summer? were actually
2: just out. I looked at are those. They? Oceans 12. Uh, I tried to. I was going to pick that one, actually, but mm. it's. I think it was February March. Thanks, Jake.
3: Yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the next category. The best villain, unironically,
1: the best villain in a, yeah. in a flop. I went for Roy Batty from Blade Runner. Came out June 1982. Oh, good choice. The Blade Runner movies are disappointments and it hurts Financial disappointments. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, Blade Runner is Personal the Personal one for cult. me, too classic that it that it is now and i'm not even the biggest mm. fan of this movie but even so this was made for 28 million dollars made 32 million mm-hmm. and then has obviously been re-released and it's made its
2: money back in dvd and there's Blu-ray there's like 12 sales, different like versions of that movie out there oh
3: man the new one's a bigger flop then no, it, yeah, the new ones the actually. New
2: one. on Wiki, Blade Runner 2049 is on the Wikipedia list of biggest. Box Even office though it's bombs. made, at so it probably three hundred million. It's still considered a flop based yeah. on uh,
1: advertising costs. When it's actually and a
2: really good movie with a really good soundtrack great movie.
1: So for the story, a Blade Runner must p- pursue and terminate four replicants who stole a ship in space and have returned to Earth to find their creator. So Rutger Hauer plays Roy Batty. And this is one of the, honestly, like probably top 20 villains of all time for me because he's so conflicted. He's basically a dying replicant uh, seeking life. He knows he has like four years left to live. And so he becomes this guy that's on a war path. But you care about him in a way even though you know he needs to be stopped. And so he really cares about his existence. Through the it's course like, of the movie. At first you hate yeah, him. Yeah, you, you should hate him. But by the end, you're like... Wow, there's a lot of depth there. I mean, he's much better than uh, Harrison Ford's character, yeah, Deckard. DeCard. Although Deckard. I've,
2: I've always liked Red Howard more than Lady Hawk, but that
1: <laughs> of course, was... you bring up Lady Hawk like every other show. <laughs> Lady Hawk. It wasn't released in the summer. But yeah, he is amazing as Roy Batty. So for me, he is
2: my favorite villain in these flops. I cheated on my choice on this one. Cheater. I chose John Travolta for making Battlefield Earth. Oh my gosh! Not John. John Travolta was the main villain in Battlefield Earth, the movie Battlefield. He's the villain for making it, but he's the villain for making it. So here's the synopsis of the movie. That doesn't count. It's the year three thousand (laughs) A.D. The Earth is lost to the alien race of Sucks Cyclos. Humanity is enslaved by these gold-thirsty tyrants whom are unaware that their man-animals are about to ignite the rebellion of a lifetime. Man-animals, I like that. <laughs> He's such a man-animal. Uh, oh. this, is directed by, <laughs> this is directed by Roger Christian, who did Underworld. Check out those toenails. He did Under- you know! <laughs> uh, Roger Christian did Underworld, not that one, the 1996 one with Dennis Leary, and Masterminds, no, not that one, the 1997 one with Patrick Stewart this guy tends to do movies that have famous yeah. titles, uh, starring John Travolta, Barry Pepper and Forrest Whitaker had a budget of 73 million box office of 29. It was million. so bad. I saw that in the theaters actually. Me too. So here's the thing. I was like shocked by how bad that was. Uh, L Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology Travolta was doing pretty good at the time too, wasn't he? he was, well, so here's the thing. He wrote the novel in 1982 and John Travolta being a Scientologist I uh, want to bring it to light. He, he wanted to, like he was the actor. And so, and even uh, there's rumors that L Ron Hubbard is like, you need to make this into a movie because mm. you're in Hollywood. And he tried, but his star had kind of faded by that point. And it wasn't until he got his Academy award in 1994 for uh Pulp Fiction. Yes. That he, they, they went, okay, now's my time. And so he fought to get this movie made. He would get people to come up to producers on the street from the studio he was looking at like Fox studio producers and be like, I'm really excited to see that battlefield earth adaptation. And the Fox producer was complete. Like he said, I'm completely like annoyed by this. Like I'm never going to make this movie. So all these studios are turning John Travolta down saying we're not making it. We're not making it. We're not making it. And then finally this one uh, studio, I can't even see the name right here. I can't see the name, but basically this kind of lesser studio took it. And then John Travolta still plugged in billions of dollars into this movie, trying to make it, everything he wanted it to be did you say the budget and how much it made yeah it did uh, 73 million uh, budget made 29 million oh, so did a didn't bomb. quite get there that's nuts. yeah i have so many notes in this i don't want to go into it how we did could... you
3: care that much and still make such a bad movie like that's
1: that's what i don't get it's well I it think, makes you wonder if the book is good
2: i don't think it is i know you there's a not, series no, no apparently this book of. this book the movie battlefield earth only co- covers like the first 400 pages of this thousand page book but. So there's a lot more to come. So we may get a sequel. Who knows? <laughs> a surprise <laughs> John sequel? John Travolta's back. Yeah. In. So I feel John Travolta. Fire of faith. <laughs> yeah. I would go
1: see it. John yeah. Travolta <laughs> has,
2: been des- has described the book in interviews as, quote, like Pulp Fiction for the year 3000. Oh, shut up. And, quote, like Star Wars, only better. Oh, <laughs> That's what John that Travolta was like Travolta. Hey, yeah. it's like Star Wars, only be better. better. So, yes, the more he pushed for it and then finally he got to make it and he said he he told his manager when he finally got famous again, if we can't do things now that we want to do, what good is what good is the power? Let's test it and try to get the things done that we want that we believe in. Was this the end of John Travolta's like star at that point? I'm trying no, to remember any 2000s he still had, to, Swordfish was that after this one? Yeah, it didn't do very well. He,
1: he still made stuff,
3: but I don't think there was anything good after.
2: I can't think mm. of any really good movies he's made. I really after enjoy
3: this. It. Phenomenon. I think was before that. It
2: was. It was 97. I think that one Phenomenon. actually really struck me right. I liked that as a kid. Yeah, and
3: but then yeah, Battlefield Earth, and he hasn't done anything good since. Mm. They tried to get Harris Tarantino Fray? to direct
2: the film, by the way. Oh man, Tarantino said no, and then <laughs> Chicago Sun Times <laughs> film critic Roger Ebert gave the film a, gave the film a rating of a star of half a star out of 4 and compared the screening to quote taking a bus trip with someone who has needed a bath for a long time it's not merely bad <laughs> it's unpleasant in a hostile way wow <laughs> this movie is bad like i, wa- I actually watched it, it really with rift tracks and it was hilarious to watch it with rift tracks but the whole time I'm like this movie is abysmal like yeah. from the acting to the story to even the sets there's some impressive sets there but you're watching it going that looks completely terrible. Yeah. So yeah, Battlefield Earth was my choice. No, no, excuse me. John Travolta was my choice for a villain for making Battlefield Earth. All right, here's our next
3: category. Is the movie that deserved to flop? Which is the one that completely deserved it when it came?
2: But For this one, I didn't cheat. This one, I chose a movie from June 2007. And it's a sequel to a comedy, which as you know, comedy sequels, there aren't that many because you 2007? can't really do them. 2007 and this one definitely didn't deserve to be made it deserved to flop i chose evan almighty oh yeah so if you haven't seen bruce almighty bruce almighty is a story of jim carrey getting uh being imbued with the powers of god Mm -hmm. for a period of time and seeing what a mortal would do with those i actually like that movie i wonder if it's still good I own it if you want to borrow it. Mm, not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you don't, I don't want okay. wonder enough to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's not get Sometimes crazy. I wonder and then I forget. But in, in uh, Bruce Almighty, there's a character named Evan Baxter, who is a TV news anchor played by Steve Carell. It's a very funny part in the movie. It and it's a, a very funny, funny part, part yeah. when he possesses him. And then that's funny. Mm-hmm. So Evan Baxter is now the main character of this movie. They tried to get Jim Carrey. He said no. And they're like, uh, let's just go with this secondary character. And apparently now he's a congressman. And then God tells him <laughs> to build an ark in preparation for a great flood. So this was directed by Tom Shadak, who did Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Liar, Liar, and Bruce Almighty. Like, it's that kind of people. And, uh, That's racist. That, those kind of movies, sorry. At <laughs> <laughs> had a budget of $175 million, and it made $173 million. Sorry, just, they spent $175 million it, on that it, comedy at, sequel? at the time, it was the highest comedy Highest budget for a comedy ever. That's insane. insane. 175 that, why on million. Earth, what
3: were they thinking?
2: 175 million for Evan Almighty. I don't know. But like I said, comedies don't normally get sequels. And out of the sequels that are out there, there's even less good comedy sequels. It's like they're yeah.
3: begging to lose money.
2: Yeah. Bruce Almighty was a standalone story, it didn't need a why sequel. How
3: on earth could they not make that for 25 million?
2: <laughs> money laundering. Because they had I to build literally. an arc. So they literally built like this huge arc like thing and then they donated the wood after is kind of computers like computers. Look that can how do that. green we <laughs> yes, are. exactly, Guys in the Wikipedia article, there is a whole section called featured animals where they list. They just have a bulleted list of all the animals that appear in this movie with hyperlinks to each one. So they had to pay each one. They could have got Andy Circus to play every single animal. It's yeah, just yeah, ridiculous. And his partner. It's just, this. I call this pulling a mater where it's basically you take a side character. Yeah. That's kind of funny. And then you try to make them the main character, and it just doesn't work. So, like I said, this is one of the most uh, expensive. That's interesting. Uh, comedies ever made, and then seventy-five million. Flopped. On that. So, my yeah. deserve to flop. Uh, let me explain it to you.
1: In the year three thousand A.D., the <laughs> Earth is lost to the alien race of cyclos. It's Battlefield Earth. Yeah, like just for the same reasons Joel covered. Like John Travolta tried so hard to get this movie made, and he did. And honestly, I think he put a uh, is. is much as Scientology is hated at this point by many people, or really misunderstood, or what, however you perceive it, this movie did nothing to benefit Scientology or no. the works of L. Ron Hubbard. No, like it made people go, "Oh, that's that's what that's the book that really changed
2: a lot of people's lives." Mm-hmm. Like, why would you make that? And why would you yeah. make that movie? So it totally deserves. Can, to flop. Okay, you may not be as curious enough to watch uh, Bruce Almighty again, but are no. you? Are you <laughs> but are you curious enough to read the book? battlefield earth no heavens no
1: you wouldn't you wouldn't read it no
2: i want you to what (laughs) read (laughs) it no they didn't tell me about it so i don't have to the problem
1: is is i will read the first one which apparently is a thousand pages and then i'll read however many volumes there are because i need to finish it all are there more than one volume yeah i'm sure there are all right which is the flop
3: that was really only a flop in your hearts it did fine at the theater
1: but flopped in your hearts the mummy June 2017, this killed the Dark Universe, and so you think, oh yeah, that lost money clearly. No,
2: Dark Universe. It was this big setup of like, like the, the Invisible Marvel Cinematic Man with, with Johnny like, Depp. We're going to take all the Universal monsters. With Javier Bardem. Yeah,
1: they had already cast Angelina Jolie was going to be Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. as well. They were ready to go, and Tom Cruise was headlining their movie with the Mummy, and it didn't do well. Like here, it. Well, it yep. did it made a profit though. But it did and that's the thing. So I'm sitting here going, it everyone hates this movie critically. I was wondering if
3: you just if it's you a misunderstood. Flop in your heart, Jacob. So I, I thought it maybe misunderstood cuz I didn't think it made its money back. So
1: it was made for 125 million and worldwide it made 409 million.
3: Wow, and it they still
2: killed it with And that? they still it wasn't enough. It. it wasn't enough what they wanted. Huh. Isn't that
1: weird though? So actually theaters here just because of low critical reception and uh, totally audience turnout. They pulled it out of theaters here after 3 weeks cuz they're like, well, uh, phew, no one really cares anymore I think at that same time they killed the dark universe altogether yeah and look I guess they want they want more money but 400 million is not no that's not terrible yeah, it's not, million? I enjoyed this movie more than most. people. I guess people. they didn't
3: like making a hundred billion dollars on that, so yeah. they're going to quit. Yeah. yeah, but
1: it's still, I think, you know, you're not making Marvel money. Pull the plug. Yeah, it's universally thought of as That's a weird. flop for basically because I think it the killed effect the it franchise. Yeah, well,
3: and it got a lot of critical. Also, also like you yeah. saw
1: um, uh, Russell Crowe in this movie, and his part was really kind of terrible. And people said, yeah. I don't want to watch his movie. Yeah, I'm out. They pulled the ripcord on Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde a little too early. if you way ask me. way too early. Yeah, but. Be- only a flop in our hearts because I, I, I look at this movie as I will eventually rewatch it. I like Tom Cruise in the movie. There was a lot of running and a lot of CG, but I thought it did way worse than it did. So apparently, uh, good good job, guys, for making a little bit of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Kent. That was actually my answer until earlier today. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, but I changed it. And my movie, I believe, is the reason why Kent hates Marvel. Oh, I'm ready. Came out in May 2014. Any guesses, Kent? It's the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, okay. So, the Amazing Spider-Man Two uh, was the big sequel to the Amazing Spider-Man, which did great. And then they had all these plans to do more movies. They were going to have spinoffs with with Venom and the Sinister Six. But then Marvel came in and said, "We're going to do. Uh, we're going to pull Spider-Man into the Marvel movies," and they just kind of killed the franchise. But this movie... It was a bad setup to begin with, But though. here's or the like thing. No is, one needed to see Sinister Six. Well, but here's the other thing, too, is this movie isn't great. Like, I just feel like it's it's not snappy enough. It doesn't have a spine. It needed a stronger backbone. <laughs> Um, that hurts <laughs> that <laughs> no, but you, you think about hurts. this movie you think about this movie you think about Jamie Foxx as the terrible electro you think yeah. as oh what's his name Dane DeHaan as the Can terrible you this, that mixed
3: review too I think
1: I did you? but
2: truthfully I feel like
1: there's a good movie here if it's just a romantic movie between Peter Parker and Stacy great their Those chemistry Well, obviously there were a couple, their chemistry is amazing. They make the movie, but man, the villains really ruined this. That's what almost all the
2: reviews, almost all the reviews I read said overstuffed with characters, not a really good plot, but Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield are cute together. Yay. They're so good together. But this, this killed the Spider-Man franchise in in that format. Mm -hmm. Like this was where it just stopped. And this is actually the lowest grossing live action Spider-Man film. Believe it or not, Into the Spider-Verse earned less than this movie. But that this was, movie, that's the, one of the craziest things for as great as that
1: movie is. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. It underperformed. Yeah, which is weird. So weird. But well, no, this one. Because it
3: had the whole specialty thing. It didn't appeal to the broad audience, which is exactly why studios and producers jump in and be like, no, you have to make it familiar. But it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Into
2: the Spider-Verse. But this movie, I keep thinking of it as a flop where I'm like, yeah, it, you know, Andrew Garfield was fired. They stopped making those movies. They didn't, get, they didn't even get a trilogy out of it. But it budget was two hundred million, around two hundred to three hundred million somewhere there. It made seven hundred and nine wow. million. Wow! Whoa! So this it's made its money back. It and was the ninth highest grossing film of two thousand fourteen. But <sighs> I think everyone kind of thinks it as a flop I, in their I, hearts. I wish I could
1: just put the puzzle pieces together because I think the action in those two amazing Spider Man movies are the best. I think they haven't aged a day. They look better than these movies do now. As far as like the suit goes and web swinging, like it's exciting to watch the action in those movies. I just wish the meat around the skeleton was any good.
3: Next category is the flop that
2: you feel needs a sequel. Here he comes. Here comes Speed Racer. He's a demon on wheels. I almost chose this one too. So you, we talked about this on, I think you talked about the on Guilty, Guilty Pleasure Pleasures. Show. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to talk about it because Still I loved it. this universe. Like, okay, so Speed Racer, the synopsis, a young driver, Speed Racer, aspires to be champion of the racing world with the help of his family and a high-tech Mach 5 automobile. Directed by the Wachowskis who did the Matrix series, starring Emil Hirsch, Christina Ritchie, John McGoodman, Susan, Ra- Susan and Matthew Fox.
3: They haven't done anything in a long time.
2: Uh, budget of $120 million, box office of $93 million. So oh. not great. Mm-hmm. And this was based on the 1960s anime uh, TV series, which I never saw. I like the theme song though. Yeah. Uh, but not there was, only box there was office. There's a sponge remake that I really enjoyed of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You should listen to that But one. box office was low, but also critical reception. It was really poor on this People one. People did not like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it bombed both critically and financially. And they talked about, Christina Richie uh, actually talked about there was, there was a possible film they were talking about doing for a sequel. And she said they used to talk around the set of like talking to Lachowskis and be like, you got to do a sequel. You got to do a sequel. And they're like, we will don't worry about it. And they still haven't because it bombs so badly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this movie has such a cool look and feel. I want to know more about what else exists in this world. I want to see more of those races. I would love to see it because just to see like the the whole way they
1: set up racer X and just to see Matthew Fox in a movie. Yeah this cool yeah honestly and just where they could have gone given good writing and just the adventure i would love to see a franchise based on this yeah we'll oh. never ever ever Obviously see it. it'll ever happen that's ah, too bad all right kent so my choice is a personal favorite of mine it came out august of 2015 it's the man from uncle U
2: N C L E. oh yeah yeah that was a flop.
1: It was a flop. Budget was yeah. $75 million. It only made $109 million. Mm. That's so sad. It is sad.
2: That's because pretty the good. chemistry between Henry Cavill and Army Hammer, actually. Yeah, even them. And, and Alicia Vikander's in this movie Yeah, well. it's
1: fun. It's a fun movie. So in the early 1960s, CIA agent Napoleon Solo and KGB operative Ilya Kuryakin, there we go, participate nice. in a joint mission against a mysterious criminal organization, which is working to proliferate nuclear weapons, micro-machines. This is there a good choice, Kent. I was so taken with this movie I didn't expect anything from it You're at taking all. Henry Campbell. And, and everyone here. This is a beautiful movie with beautiful people. This movie has the three C's for me. The chemistry, the casting, and the charisma. And the yeah uh, uh, Four <laughs> C's. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's just cute. Five C's. <laughs> Clarity? Yeah. Whatever. I think this is a great spy throwback directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And it I like it this. has some of his some of Guy style best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But Oh, man, mm. he's been on That's a great. real... That's some of his
2: best stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not
1: saying on, his snatch, stuff is great. This is some of his best stuff. Like, so I would love to see this universe from Man from Uncle expand. We saw in this movie how the team kind of got together and learned how to trust each other. I would like to see how they now go on missions and learn to work yeah. together yeah. with yeah. that style. I mean, it's based on a TV series. They have tons of material to pull they from. They do. Yeah. Why not do another it's one? And movie. so Army Hammer, I mean, it's a movie I actually like him in, <laughs> which yeah. is good, right? That isn't the social network. And he even said, like, the writer of this movie, uh, of the first movie, has written a script for the second one, but it's this movie didn't do well, so it'll probably never get made. But he said everyone in the cast would do this day one.
3: All right, next category. What is the flop that everyone knew was going to fail?
1: I think it was maybe more
2: of a hope, but also I think everyone knew as well. It's Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> Which is up? Which is on the list? The official list on on Wikipedia: big, biggest the box biggest office yes. bombs.
1: It was made for one hundred forty four million dollars, and it made two hundred twenty nine million dollars. That's close.
3: No, it's, it's, about eighty,
1: not sixty million away. No, yeah. forty million away. So, uh, look, I can't do math. From initial promotion of this movie, they showed this trailer on YouTube. And it got probably the highest dislike ratio next to like a Justin Bieber YouTube video. Because it
2: was like a copycat of... I mean, Ghostbusters was such a beloved franchise. And they're like, we're remaking it and making it cooler than ever. Well, even the promotion, it said like 30
1: years ago, four people changed the course of New York. And then just kidding. Here's yeah. a whole new cast of characters that doesn't follow that story whatsoever. Yeah, And so a lot of people complain. They said, you're ruining my childhood. And I know that's kind of a cop out thing to say. But it did, and it used the original. <laughs> ca- yeah, you're but right. But it did. But, but it, it, and it, did. it used the original cast, who for some reason signed on to this movie in really embarrassing bit parts yeah. as well. It made me sad to see uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, and Bill Murray in that. And just like sure, I mean, you're going to do a female reboot. Maybe go with a movie that people didn't like. Like it's kind of the re- the rule of remakes, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe something that didn't work the first time around. Try and remake that. But yeah. you take one of the best comedies of all time. And remake that no and already start yeah. off on the wrong foot yeah. like people are not going to see this and,
3: well, and people felt, didn't they didn't they didn't give it the respect like people pay such homage to ghostbusters now yeah. and they came at it so loosely and flatly and well, they, they
2: even tried to put it down almost it's like, like
3: never mind that movie we're the better movie yeah
1: yeah it's just a weird
3: tone to come at it with
1: yeah and we did a full show dedicated to we this. did we it did it was the all-male review of the all-female
2: ghostbusters yeah. <laughs> How dare you we were, be back we in 2015? You we were to just hear. trolling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel, what about you? Uh, mine is a pretty famous flop, and it's actually my second Dennis Hopper movie I'm mentioning today. It's Waterworld. Hold on though. Did it flop? Yes. I thought it made its money back, but maybe not it double. Made the its, money. It made its money back later on in video sales. Okay. But the budget was around 175 million, so the same as Evan Almighty.
3: You know, that just makes but sense. But is gigantic.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, but it only made $264 million in the theaters. Okay. So, yeah, didn't make its, didn't make its money back. Uh, synopsis. In a future where polar ice caps have melted and Earth is almost entirely submerged, a mutated mariner fights starvation and outlaws smokers and reluctantly helps a woman and a young girl find dry land.
3: You know what I think of with this movie? What is that? I think it's an opening scene where Kevin Costner is peeing into that glass. Yep. And then he drinks
2: it. Yep.
1: I was so horrified. Yeah. <laughs> like when I watched well, that, that scene inspired Bear Grylls' entire <laughs> career. It's the entire based uh, on that. Yeah.
2: Uh, so this is directed by Kevin Reynolds, who did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, and like I said, it stars Kevin Costner, Tina Majorino, uh, Dennis Hopper. But this movie. I actually like it. Like, I remember, like, it's one of those famous bombs, but I actually enjoyed it. And maybe it's because I saw it as a kid. It's just overlong. And it it inspired a great Universal Studios show that's still running today. It's (laughs) still running today. They're still doing the Waterworld show. But this movie also just, I think it kind of showed me a world that didn't exist. Like, I hadn't seen Mad Max when I saw this movie. Okay, And so Mm -hmm. this was that kind of dystopian future where I went... And it's like the opposite mad max Max mad max is completely desert dry and this is like all water all the time and it's kind of like oh how would they survive in a world like that
1: did you ever go to a swimming pool and practice swimming like him? You know how he kind of swam like a dolphin?
2: And I, I did it like a fish swim, but yeah. I don't think it was because of the movie. I think it just saw fishes. I did it because Ken Costner <laughs> swam that way. I remember getting very, very sad. There's a scene. Uh, the bad guys live in this giant oil tanker, and there's mm-hmm. a scene where they open up a lid, and there's like this dude living in the oil bladder, essentially, and he's yeah. there to tell how much oil is left. And then they close the lid on him, and I remember just feeling as a kid feeling so sad for this guy who is trapped in an oil bladder and and then it wasn't until later that I went wouldn't the fumes kill him doesn't matter doesn't matter It's a future and I loved the part when like the guys in the jet skis are like underwater with the weights and they cut the weights and pop out of the water. I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, like I was ever coming out a jet ski. I didn't I tried to like no submerge it's, it a bit so I could for pop what it they out did
1: for the stunts. This is a cool movie.
2: It is it, Hey, it won best sound at the Academy Awards. <laughs> it won an Academy Award when for you go water Best World. sound. <laughs> Uh, and this one also is, I mean they they made this huge giant tank of it, it was a freshwater, or excuse me, saltwater enclosure that ended up. they used that for Titanic, the same yeah. exact set. And, but this, but Titanic obviously did much better than this movie. Did it? <laughs> yeah. They called this one. Some critics called it fish tar after the famous flop ishtar. Oh, that's me. Another Kevin's gate after heaven's gate. Another famous, very famous flop. None of, none of which I've seen. Critics. i critics. I should clarify. Yeah. I've also only picked movies that I've seen There there's some mm-hmm. big flops out there and I couldn't choose them because I haven't seen them yet. And the thing about this movie is everyone was counting on flopping because they watched. It was high. I remember it was very high profile news. About how the budget kept ballooning more and more and more well, and, and Kevin more. Kevin Costner kind of took over directing duties. And yeah. It was really difficult on it, set. Was, this was a troubled set. It was a troubled mm-hmm. filmmaking process. I think everyone was kind of just waiting like, there's no way it's going to make its money back. And sure enough, it didn't. Yeah. And he was like, no "Couldn't."
3: Problem. I'll just make The Postman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which did really that well. That saved him. <laughs> that brought it back.
3: All right. Here's the next category. The favorite flop. What is your favorite flop?
2: My favorite flop is one I brought up on the show before. I believe on the Guilty Pleasure show. Uh, it's Last Action Hero, June 1993. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's a good choice. With the help of a magic ticket, a young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action movie character. And this is directed by John McTiernan, who did Die Hard, The Predator, and Hunt for October, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Austin O'Brien, Charles Dance, and Sir Ian McKellen as Death. Budget was $85 million, and it only made $137 million, so it didn't reach its double-the-budget Threshold. The funny thing was this movie was actually created. It was written by these two guys. kind of a parody of like the Lethal Weapon type action movies of the 80s, Mm -hmm. uh, which were written by Shane Black. But then they actually gave the script to Shane Black. The studio did and had him rewrite the script. So it was kind of this weird he's hybrid like, Make fun of me. I'll show you. But that's why I think it works mm-hmm. is because it makes fun of the genre while staying within the genre. And I love how it calls out calls out all these action movie tropes that we've grown to love and and enjoy. Well, like
1: for example, throwing a guy, he, he throws a guy into a car and the car, the whole thing explodes. Yeah, He
2: shoots something and it blows up. Yeah. And then when he gets yeah. the real world, he shoots a car and he's like, why didn't it blow up? <laughs> and I just think it's so funny, like how they're able to turn all these tropes on their head. Now, this one, unfortunately, suffered because it came out, if I remember right, it came out after Jurassic Park and just after Jurassic Park and just before, or maybe on the same day as Jurassic Park, and then before Sleep is in Seattle. So it was sandwiched between these two huge... That happens a lot. ...staple movies. That release states. And apparently, the, like, Schwarzenegger wanted to move the movie, and push it farther away from Jurassic Park, and the studio's like, nope, we're releasing it. Well, and the studio got really involved as well. They did they so did. many reshoots and cut this movie in a weird way as well. And they had to, like, they, they kind of, like fast-tracked it at certain yeah. points you're like let's just get it out let's get it out let's get it out and so yeah this movie i thoroughly enjoy it i've watched it a number of Such times a it pleasure. still holds up yeah. i think it was ahead of its time honestly i think if it would have come out maybe i don't know five ten years later people mm-hmm. would have appreciated it more because it would have been making fun of yeah. a genre that was now stale instead of being with still within that genre yeah that makes sense
3: that's true it was a little soon wasn't it
2: yeah okay i went with kubo and the two strings came out august
1: 2016. You knew you were you going knew? to pick this one it was a yeah. setup? i saw this on the list and i went oh kent's gonna pick that i freaking love this attention though oh it really did i mean it's one of those artistic ones right like it's it's a great movie stop motion claymation Mm -hmm. there's so much work put into this and so many years of investment and it doesn't have the name recognition of a DreamWorks or a Pixar Wait, you don't or a Your kids don't have Kubo toys? I, right. They do because I force them to have them. <laughs> you will enjoy this toy. He
3: also Put down to... the Secret Life of Pets toy. <laughs> he also Basically. had to make it. It's... Yeah, I made it myself. <laughs> a we do claymation
1: with movies the with these. Aww. Yeah. So this, yeah, it was made for $60 million, only made $69 million. So the story Ooh. is a young boy named Kubo must That's locate sad. a magical suit of armor worn by his late father in order to defeat a vengeful spirit from the past. This, much like Last Action Hero, was released at a really terrible time. For me, it was released at a good time because I needed a good movie. Mm -hmm. But it went against movies that made so much money. For example, Finding Dory, Secret Life of Pets, Suicide Squad, and Sausage Party. (laughs) That's (laughs) four four terrible movies that made a ton of money. And then you have this artistic... Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Okay, Academy Award winning
2: Sausage Party. (laughs) Three terrible movies. (laughs) What was the first one you said?
1: Finding Dory, which made a billion dollars. Yeah, they're all not great. And then you have this, in my mind, an artistic masterpiece come out and kind of disappear. A great voice cast on this one as well. I own this one. Charlie Stern, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. One of the Stark kids, Rick and Stark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I love this movie. I think it's. I think it's beautiful. Uh, this one almost won for best score and soundtrack for me as well because it's just great to play in the Do background. Do you know what
2: won best animation that year? It was probably Finding Dory. I believe it was Finding Dory. But this, the animation of this is so superb. Those Sausage Party really did try to win that <laughs> award.
1: They <It laughs> truly did. Oh, so ridiculous. Yeah, man. so bad. But oh man, this this one. I wish I saw more movies that took it themselves seriously like this. But there's a reason that they're not probably going to go so serious in the future. And mm-hmm. I mean, like a. Because it didn't make its money. That's one right. of my favorite
3: kids movies I've seen in. I do you don't think, even know so, how many years. Do you
1: think that's part of the problem? Is that it didn't? It wasn't for kids. It was a little dark. Not as dark as their other ones. I took my kids dark. to see it in the theaters actually. And did, were they okay? The sisters kind of freaked was, them out. They were scary. Right.
3: But honestly, I mean, that's that's why it worked.
1: It's a beautiful story about family, like that it gets is. there. It's an emotional it's, story. It's yeah. misleading, but it it there's dramatic irony there that just works and flows really well. Yeah. Oh man, I love this movie. Such a good one.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no, not an emotional, you know, last action hero, but it's... <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Next category, and the second to last one, is the flop that killed the studio.
2: So not just that the film didn't do well, but this actually tanked the, the people that made studio. it. I mean, yeah, that's that's serious. This is a personal choice
1: for me, and it did kill the studio,
2: this but... This has
3: happened only a handful of times, right? Yeah.
1: Even yeah. a few times we've mentioned on the show already. Mm-hmm. But the one I chose was one that I had so much hope for because I was such a geek in the past. Do you like I'm using past tense? Not anymore. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could go on and on about my Final Fantasy love, and I have in our previous video game shows. But when I heard, so I went on a mission for two years, and I knew right in the middle a Final Fantasy movie was going to come out. And I said, okay, that is my most anticipated movie when I come home. First thing you see. And I heard that it was just photorealistic. In fact, the technology in this movie is great, especially for the time. Even after this, Polar Express came out and looked so scary. Mm -hmm. But this movie looked so real. Hmm. And I said, man, I haven't getting, seen it. Have you seen Jacob? Did you say Polaroid Express? Polar Express. I know, but I think you said Polaroid okay. Express. That's the one that Canon Films made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good call. So I was like, everyone's going to be blown away. Everyone will finally know the Final Fantasy name as far as movie audiences go. No. And no, they didn't. This was made for $137 million and made $85 million. I don't think I even knew that existed. Yeah. So the story is a scientist makes a last stand on Earth with the help of a ragtag team of soldiers against an invasion of alien phantoms. The games don't really have anything to do with each other. There's like Final Fantasy 1 they through don't? 15 at this point. No. There's no, there's no overarching storyline? There's not. Every story is different. Yeah, it's all over the place, isn't It's it? kind yeah. of a in-joke for the story because they made the first, this is a, this saver for the final fantasy show. So what you're telling
2: me, the one, the one you showed me where it's basically dudes riding in a Jeep for a half hour. Yep. Those dudes aren't from any other, the franchise. No, Wow. It's 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 an so anthology. So you were just watching dudes ride around in a jeep for a half hour for no good reason. And then I played the game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's an anthology uh, game series
2: that uses just a lot every the- weekend
1: for kids. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Which one was that, by the way, 15? That was 15 with the dudes riding around in jeeps. Yeah,
1: that's okay. yeah, that's the whole game. Joel. Kent, Kent, no, Kent, okay, don't <laughs> yeah. watch a Conan O'Brien video. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Kent was like, you got to see this. You got to see. Uh, this, you got
2: to see this game. And clip. so he turned it on and it was like Forever, this whole cutscene that was taking they're way driving, too long—they're driving
3: around a giant,
2: right? Just, d- 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 yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, basically. And I was like, wow, this—the is the or, game or Great. undercutting kids' so Final Fantasy. It's, it's
1: okay that they didn't base this off any games, but it's kind of foolish. Once again, they wanted to make video game fans excited about a video game movie. There's nothing tying the games together basically it's like i'm, I'm stuck Joel, on this Joel can't move on from this. uh mythologies and there's a lot of like monsters and magic spells that all link they're, together. All, they're all japanese Joel. but as that? far as characters and mm-hmm. the worlds go totally divided and mm-hmm. i mean hold on i can explain the connections nope, if you'd like see i knew <laughs> that would turn you guys away from it but this movie like i said technology is great but uh, Square Pictures, they had made the Animatrix right before this. So they get mm. these guys were up and comers. They're like, hey, we've got money, we've made a ton on this video game. Animatrix stuff.
2: being the bridge between uh, yes. uh the sequel yeah, and, and, it and was, the original. It was kind
1: of a direct-to-video thing, but it really gained a, a cult audience and everyone said, Look at what they can do for movies. This is gonna be the wave of the future. And then they made Final Fantasy and died they disbanded right after this movie and then even SquareSoft, who was the company behind this they had to merge with another company to even kind of salvage a little bit of money there really kind of a sad story because i think they could have done more had they had normal writers <laughs> but they were no writers on this movie and it was just confusing as all get out i'm surprised uh, actually i'm not surprised you guys haven't seen this movie mm-hmm. because i can't even recommend it to you oh. even as a flop oh it's
2: boring wow. huh i haven't even heard of it so yeah, that I won't even that? play the games then. Thank you, Ken. No, no, play the games. Um, uh, so you can yeah. watch guys <laughs> ride right in the Jeep anyway, for a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mine actually is another one where it's you mentioned animation. Mine's an animated studio as well. I chose uh, Titan AE from June 2000. An oft-forgotten movie, actually. Yeah. What is yeah. it, by the way, about like the late 90s and like early 2000s? The like, CG I swear, combo. Most, most yeah, of our movies ch- in these flops are from like 2000. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, So Titan AE, if you don't know, a young man learns that he has to find a hidden Earth ship before an enemy alien species does in order to secure the survival of humanity. Uh, this was actually directed by Don Bluth. We talked. We talked about him on our non-Disney animated yeah, show. A legend. Uh, he did Secret of Nim, and American Tale, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, Rockadoodle, a Rockadoodle, and then you get Gary Goldman. He Gary I Goldman. Had to throw that in. Oh, oh, rockadoodle say, fame. <laughs> no, and then I was going to say, and then Gary Goldman of Anastasia, Thumbelina, Rockadoodle. These guys work together a lot, actually. Yeah. But this movie, this almost made my ensemble cast, Jacob, because right. it starred uh, Matt Damon, Bill Pullman, Drew Barrymore, John Leguizamo, Nathan Lane, Jolene, Gene Garofalo, Ron Perlman, sense. Tone Loke, but they do that with oh, tone, yeah, tone loke. Tone <laughs> Loke. Now it's in. Uh, budget of s- around 75, uh, well, budget of 90 million and box office of 36 million. Bro. This is a bad, bad.
1: This was a bad, bad era for animation. Time. Even Disney was struggling. Treasure Planet was a huge bomb
2: at this yeah. point and they had gone on this. That's a, the two, a your 2000, failures. Yeah. Y2K.
3: They just want to see Matrix.
1: Do you think people just didn't see movies at this point?
2: I didn't. I was on a religious mission for two years. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. So this movie was a combination. It was like this revolutionary combination of 2D animation with 3D animation. Like the aliens are 3D uh, computer animated in this, where the rest of the movie is hand-drawn. Yeah. And it's really dated. Like it's one of those movies where like, look how cutting edge this technology is. And five years later, you're like, wow, that looks really bad compared to everything else. Mm -hmm. So this was created by Fox Animation Studios, who only made two movies, Anastasia and then this one. Mm -hmm. And then they died. Anastasia is one of the best Disney movies the non-Disney Disney movies? Well, I qualify it as a Disney movie, yeah. honestly. And then they're tiny. They did like some other like minor stuff on like Prince of Egypt. And they did some a TV one as well. But the major two films, and that's all they had. But there were, there were troubles actually before this movie was done. They actually laid off part of the staff in the middle of the production. And then they also, I think the major studio executive was also laid off. Like they were kind of spiraling. But then this put the nail in the coffin. And after this movie bombed, they closed down the studio and Fox Animation Studios was no more. No more. Titan A. killed them. Which it's is fine. Disney
3: would have just bought them anyway. Yeah, it's true. All right. Are you guys ready? Yes. yes. It's time for the last and final category. The biggest flop of all time. I can't Ba-dum. wait
1: to see what you put. Because you could go. Technically, this lost the most money or you could say reasons why subjectively you think a movie is the biggest flop of all time. I went objectively Ooh. on this one. Okay.
3: I went completely Joel's objective on this one because unless they're, unless it's a Joel rules, I am
2: about <laughs> facts. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you acknowledging yeah, me. Yeah, He's going I, feelings now. Uh, mm. Let's move to Kent. Yeah. okay. Uh, I'll no. Go. Okay. So I, my biggest flop of all time is actually, I, I looked on Wikipedia at mm-hmm. that, that spreadsheet I was telling you about, and I sorted by adjusted for inflation, uh, most are like money lost. Mm-hmm. So there are movies out there that lost more money, but adjusted for inflation. This is. So it's an old one? Not necessarily. Well, older. It came from July of 2003. It's an animated movie. It's Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Yeah. What? Which is crazy. Remember they made a Sinbad movie with Brad Pitt? No. Remember that? Uh-uh. We Michelle watched Pfeiffer? It our, we watched it for our Disney and non Disney oh, animated yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie, and I have to admit, I don't have a lot of passion talking about this, but factually, the, this was second only to mortal engines which i haven't seen so i couldn't put it in there i saw it but this it makes me sad that movie bombed so much like it wasn't great but it, it, yeah sad the estimated loss for the studio for this movie was 170 million dollars mortal engines was 175 there were other movies like john carter that had a range because they can't quite like every now and then they'll put a range in because they don't give a definitive budget or a definitive they're, profit. they're scared yeah and so there could be other ones that may rank higher, like the 13th Warrior and the Lone Ranger, which we already talked about. But this yeah, was on Motor there. Lone Ranger that could do. I, I was surprised that this was such a big bomb. Now, this was directed by Tim Johnson, who did Over the Hedge and Ants. And it starred Brad Pitt, Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Michelle Pfeiffer, and, and Joseph Fiennes. Budget of $60 million made $80 million. So even though that profit, there was some sort of matrix math that they were doing on this list. Money laundry. Yeah. And I yeah. went, oh, this movie is one of the biggest bombs ever so it's kind of confusing
3: because it it made 80 and it only cost 60 well but that's
2: strictly the budget it doesn't include marketing and everything so so I,
3: we don't know why it's number one on this list.
2: I was looking up the math about it actually, but it's all like I'm so confused. Box office mojo and stuff like that. But just know that the estimated just studio trust loss, Wikipedia is what you saying. Estimated studio loss was 170 million dollars. Always do. Just trust us, we're it's Wikipedia. the source of all knowledge and truth. Hmm. But this movie, I remember watching it and thinking the only really good thing about this movie was Michelle Pfeiffer. Everything else is like phoning it in, and it's also really dated on the animation as well. It's too bad because it's.
1: A few years off the heels of Prince of Egypt, which is still a great movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie with the
2: same animation
1: style, wow, it just died on the
2: vine. Well, and dreamers was having a hard time during this time. They, there was like a string of bad films. They almost went bankrupt. And they ended up getting rid of computer animation and just mm-hmm. going back to hand-drawn for a while there. So yeah. I went completely factual in this one. I chose sinbad legend of the seven seas simply okay. because it was Completely on the list
3: factual. thank you wikipedia
2: yes i don't trust you I,
1: <laughs> I would say mine's a bigger bomb based on the effect that it has had and will have in the future i'm excited to hear what you have to say solo a star wars story oh came out last may it had the, a budget you're saying that's the biggest flop of all time let me tell you as why as far
3: as impact goes it makes so sense. budget
1: was 275 million dollars and that is probably higher considering they reshot 70 percent of this movie but you have to, have let's go with their numbers board and then it made 392 million which seems high but once again 275 double yeah. that right i don't really need to go over the plot but this is why this is such a failure this movie bombed it bombed and they stopped development on kenobi boba fett a yoda movie solo 2 possible ryan johnson movies hopefully in the future that's like 5 hopefully they hopefully they canceled them is what you're saying yes yeah. that is Five to six Star Wars movies that could potentially make a billion dollars in the future. And they stopped them. Not only that, but now there's going to be three years after this next Star Wars movie until there's another one. And then they're going to be every other year, not every year like they had planned. And like they've been going yeah. for the past few years. So this shifted the course of Star Wars. Absolutely. This made Disney go, well, okay. oh, we're not bulletproof. I can see that makes sense. What just happened? So not only did they lose at least $150 million when is right Disney there. in this? Well, I mean, they'll still pump. I mean, these Disney out. is
2: Star Wars now, but
1: but it's shocking to me that this one bombed because I I would think they're bulletproof as well. I thought you put Star Wars on something and it will just make money. But obviously, we can go into reasons much, why it fast. bombed. But do you really need to see Han Solo speaking Wookie? No, or learn out why his last name is the why the way it is. And there were things I liked about this it's movie. Not a Bad movie. I think we're all kind of fine with this yeah, movie. It's a fine. Yeah. Movie. And I wouldn't have been surprised had it gone into the black, but it didn't, and it affected so much of Star Wars going forward, and so much that I think they'll just go kind of more the TV route with Disney Plus rather than cinematic route. Would that be much lower budget? Yeah, it, well, it's yeah, probably a good idea. But I think
3: that's that's the risk they're willing to take. Ken, did you see something about this? Uh, it was the whoever the CEO is on at Disney, Bob Iger. Yeah, Bob yeah. Iger. I always said eager, actually, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah, Bob Iger, he had said that he took the blame for the solo kind of fail because they had brought it up to him and he said, no, let's do this, let's do this. And they're like, well, maybe we should wait. He's like, no, let's do this. And he goes, so when it went when it went down, and he goes, he goes, it's my fault, I overestimated the audience's desire uh, and speed for these movies.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the buck should stop there, but also uh, Kathleen Kennedy and you know, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> There's a fair amount of blame to share on this one. Yeah. But nobody needed to see this movie and then when it came out you're like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. But man, bad timing and bad decisions all the way around. Yeah. Okay. And, and honestly, I thank goodness because... Now when we see a Star Wars movie in three years, we're going to go, oh, cool. It's a Star Wars movie instead of every year or, did the or last... twice a year. I still say this movie suffered from Last Jedi blowback. Well, that's it that's what I've been too. teasing at, honestly. But, that we and can that's easily the problem say. is that
2: I think every Star Wars movie from now on, are like, is it going to burn us again? Is it going to hurt us again? It well, I think we've been time. burned as far as we possibly could be. And Don't I... say that. <laughs> Knock on plastic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> But I feel like we've seen the lowest point, And so maybe now... Things can only get better. Don't. Oh,
2: we're so jinxed. Yeah. We're so jinxed now. Okay, I'm sorry. We ruined Star
1: Wars for everyone just yeah. now. You did I in, ruined, in this room. I ruined Star yes. Wars. You didn't is, knock
3: on plastic. All <laughs> oh, right. right That's why I think okay.
1: Solo is the worst bomb of all time.
2: All right. I get I get your answer. Yeah. I understand where you're coming and, from. And uh, release the uh, Lord and Miller cut. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the original directors before yes. uh, Ron Howard, before they got kicked Who out. Who knows what that movie could have been?
1: And it yeah. could have been worse, but man, I'd really love to see it. Well, Ron Howard, it came in. It's like...
2: You want vanilla ice cream? I got you covered. Here you go. You know, oh, two Howard. scoops. Ron Howard's no slouch, though. He's some really no, he's good not, movies. No, in he's not thing. a slouch.
3: But when he's, when he's jumping into cover for something and, you know, and it's not a passion project. I think
2: he, I think yeah. he patched up as best he could. Like, I, I actually don't put blame on on Ron Howard for something. No, he's a rush job. No, no, no. no. He's, he's yeah. just,
3: yeah, he's just a reliable guy that they brought in to fix something. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Okay. There we go. There are our summer flops. <laughs> we didn't we didn't do non-summer flops. We can still do that show down the road, guys. Until next week. <laughs> Yay? Yeah. But uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Let us know what you what some of your favorite flops are and any flops we may have missed out. Flip flops. Check the dates uh, or we'll call you on it. There's other
3: types of flops.
2: But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, in particular the I Am the Listener tier, where we get Adrian Gray, Stephen Ross, Jordan Rexic, A More Civilized Podcast, and Terry Findlay. Thank you for being the listener. And then we also have our Bacon Council, including Mats Mudrow, Ryan Farron, Chris Anderson, Spencer Myers The Spirit of 38, and Nicole D. Hale. We'll be meeting with you guys soon to discuss the future of this season of Bacon Sale. I can't wait. And our wait. upcoming
3: Bacon Council, where we feed them. Yeah,
2: we're going to feed them. And Kent's going to rub there. No, please no. But if you want to <laughs> find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want
1: to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A Rogers,
3: and of course, find Bacon Sale on Twitter as well. If you if you're already on Twitter, make sure you follow us. And yeah. If you're not, it might be worth coming to check out. If you like to interact see us. with you, because yeah, uh, we we do, we do, and uh, Joel's very funny on Twitter. So it's direct it's
2: access it. to me and sometimes Jacob. Yep, that's yes. exactly right. And never Kent. Never Kent. I'm not again. allowed, even never though again. I'm
1: not banned on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> 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 And
3: make sure, as we mentioned before, go like and follow us on Facebook so we can get some love there. We've got, uh, we put some things on Instagram as well. Yeah. And uh, just our episode art that's, you know, cool and uh, uh, always, always changing. We're excited about this week's as well. So uh, go do those things. Go check out patreon.com if you want to become a patron and get uh, all the love and perks and all the the glory uh, unending that comes with the... Uh, with so, so much glory the patron uh, uh, benefits and membership there you I'm go So going, going with I don't this I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right I'll, I'll stop there <laughs> until next time remember dry land is not a myth Monsters Inc, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I, hate. I hate you and I'm vain and so it makes me feel more popular you sound like a Gen Zer it really so, ex- so extra you basic <laughs> right, yeah yeah, basic Bacon sale <laughs> Ungainly way Kids like crap Well <laughs> It's quote, quote, quote. true It's so true Kids are so dumb Ooh, Wake up
2: Brrr, Wake you up, up Watch your, watch your cup.
3: cup Watch your cup Watch your cup <laughs> <laughs> You wanna what do What'd you leave the kids On the table <laughs> You wanna do
1: It's not a bum That's what it sounded like You said <laughs> Kent knows, okay? It's
2: not a bum. <laughs> I just want to sing so much. I just want to sing! Yes, yes, this is my jam. Can- Jake, do you like disco? Mm, uh, do you like roller skating to disco? Pass. Do
1: you like roller skating to disco on an acid trip? My name is Joel Ness. Summer flops. Flippity flop. Flippity Flop.
2: summer belly flop flippity 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 is flop. Flop. Is flippity flippity yes. <laughs> no shirtless
3: pics <laughs> ken's always trying to get shirtless pics i,
2: I was ripped <laughs> for a day it's not true
1: we've all seen it put See a him. punch ryan reynolds in the face yeah. sometime again and this then is again. smarmy he's super it's so funny why the you- man who is powered by the sun Got no. radiation sickness. Why do you think I hate feet and toenails so much?
2: Because of nuclear man?
1: That's the most horrifying thing I've heard in <laughs> my life. You're
0: is mad.
2: that why you always res- resist when I'm trying to give you a back massage with my feet? Wait, why is that fungus talking? Who scratched me? Minor family friendly here. Out uh, yourself? Yes. Cool party. He's Mr Freeze guy. <laughs> I don't have a calendar in front of me, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see that Battlefield Earth adaptation. Why didn't it blow up? You will enjoy this toy. Put down the secret life of pet's toy. You were just watching dudes ride around in a jeep (laughs) for a half hour for no good reason. And then I played the game. Three, two, one. And then they'd they'd fall on top
1: of me and their toenails would slice my back.
2: So I think the moral of the story is cut your toenails, (laughs) people. (laughs)